0: You're listening to Between Two Ravens, a Norse mythology podcast with Sean and David. Hey, Sean, how's it going?
1: David, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. I've been having a pretty good day. I've been uh, act- actually doing my mindfulness meditation practice. I've been actually exercising all those things I'm supposed to do, and now I'm actually accountable to myself in doing them. So, That's, no, that's my, awesome. That's also my little... uh intro uh, segue into, uh, I'm starting my mindfulness group with the Wild Garden. So if you want to come do mindfulness with David on a Friday morning, there's uh, links in the show notes to what time zone it is for you. Yeah.
1: No, That's awesome. Uh, with me, I my wife and I are going to Florida for a few days. Uh, her parents have a place that they like to go to there. Um, or they have mm-hmm. like a house that they go to in the winter and early spring. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. So we're going to go down there for a few days. My birthday is going to be on Tuesday. So I'm sure they're I'll nice be, yeah, I guess, well, that's not true. I guess, I guess I'm flying back on my birthday. So I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be traveling on my birthday, on can, my 36th birthday. So you can,
0: you can enjoy your, uh, your birthday the day before. I'm sure it's fine. Yes. Th- probably sure. a nice time of year where it's not way too hot in Florida. Is that, you think it's going to be good there?
1: Uh, it's going to be 90 degrees.
0: Yeah. So maybe the humidity is already picking up there.
1: <laughs> I hope not. Um, <laughs> we'll apparently see. this is like even warm for Florida at this time of year Yeah, and like, I guess the humidity is not going to be as bad, which is fine. Cause I know like when you and I lived in Colorado at the same time, it could be a hundred degrees and there would be no humidity. So like we could handle it, but even here, like right around DC, I cannot stand the summers. And like, that's why in a few years, like in a couple of years, we're going to move to upstate New York and I'm going to be happy as a clam, just like trudging through the snow and, you know just enjoying yeah. the non stickiness of it i guess but that, uh
0: the, the march in florida should be a lot better than august in florida so i think that it should be a good trip. yeah
1: i would actually i oh, crap i am going to florida again in may because my parents are going down there for a vacation and they muscled us into going with them but
0: well it's, at least it's before the hurricane season so i think may's, i think may's fine
1: yeah. yeah anyway that's that's my struggle right now two trips mm-hmm. to florida um also, on my, like one thing I didn't mention to you before we started to record, because I wanted to tell you in real time while we recorded, I actually started a TikTok account that by this rate is going to be much more famous than our podcast. It's a po- yep. it's a TikTok account for both my dogs, Toby and Whalen. So it's called Toby and Waylon and I have eight videos right now. And like after two nights, there's already a thousand likes and we have 43 followers.
0: Yeah, you gotta get little uh, between two ravens doggy bandanas for them to wear, and then our podcast is really going to take off. That's, that's yeah. the secret cute dogs.
1: Well, it's funny because like I have a normal uh, TikTok account that I I've never posted a video on. Like I just like watch the videos yeah. on it. But I remember like six months ago, or like it was probably even a year ago at this point, I tried to create an account for between two ravens, and I was like, well, what the fuck are we going to do with a TikTok account for a podcast?
0: Yeah. And I hope you find out. I hope by some process with the dogs you're able to find out what we're supposed to do with TikTok because I don't understand it. It makes my head explode when I try to look at it. But I'm really glad, yeah, Sean's. Uh,
1: it, it might be so. banned soon anyway. It's gonna be like I'm gonna make. I'm gonna get famous and like get like an advertisement deal like for the dogs right before Congress bans it. I'm sure that's
0: what's gonna happen. Is TikTok from China? Is that why?
1: Yeah, it's a Chinese company, and it's like that's yeah. like one thing that Congress seems to be able to agree on. That like they're trying to get like the um, I don't even know if it's the government or. Like just, they a, just want a company, cu- yeah. They just
0: want to cut of the ad revenue. Once uh, TikTok agrees to give them a cut of the revenue, they'll be fine. Yeah, the
1: U.S. Congress <laughs> we're focusing on the real things. But anyway, that's what's going on in my life. It's called Toby and Wayland. If anybody wants to follow, that's yeah, at Toby.
0: Can we retweet it? Yeah, only old people look at Twitter anymore, right? But maybe we can retweet it out. And uh, I don't know anymore. World, I'm turning thirty six on Tuesday, man. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm. Twitter is right up my alley.
1: Yes, there we go. Like, I I was very excited three years ago when I figured out Instagram. Um, But yeah, anyway, what do you think? Should we get started, David?
0: Let's get started, Sean. What are we talking about today?
1: So in this week, David and I are going to be discussing part two of three on our series on the journey of Odin. In part one, we discussed Odin's journey for personal growth, primarily through his quest for knowledge and wisdom. In doing so, we looked at Odin's total life, and we viewed these stories through the lens of him being like a person in their late teens 20s um though i think i said 20s or 30s last week because i'm personally still trying to pretend that my entire life is ahead of me even though as i mentioned i'll be 36 soon but anyway odin is a god who will stop at nothing to learn and grow and to live up to his potential um so i think that that kind of fits the mold of him being somebody that's younger and you know very excited about the prospect of like of what he may become
0: that I was, uh, I was telling Sean a little bit in the introduction that I don't think Sean did this on purpose, but I was telling him, Sean, you realize what you did here is that part one is Odin, the hero. And that's the, the archetypal hero's journey. Part two is Odin, the father, right? That Odin becomes the king, the father. That's what we're looking at today. And then part three will be Odin, the wise old man. And that that is the you know the archetypal hero's journey of a man's life. So that idea, um, actually, I was just listening to Robert Moore talk about that, that the hero is not the mature archetype. It's the warrior and the subtle difference between hero and warrior, but that the mature man is a warrior that under the warrior follows the king. The hero is just trying to figure it out. The hero's out mm-hmm. there. That's, that's Thor out there fighting things, attacking. He doesn't really know what he's doing. And that idea, right? Are you a mature man at 18 or have you kind of figured it out at 26? That's when your brain stops developing. You should have all your frontal lobe parts working by 26. Or is it something more like 30 or 31 Thirty-five used to be midlife, but now is—is is it really actually forty-two <laughs> or fifty-one? And we'll uh, we'll sort that out.
1: David's trying to make me depressed. Um, but no, that, that's it's interesting you say that because like one of the stories that we're going to be discussing today, Harbard's Law, Odin is like kind of fucking with Thor, and like I know when we did that episode, we talked about Odin potentially trying to teach Thor his son a lesson of you can't just be this hero that is like so good at killing giants and then that solves everything. Yeah, um, I'm, so, I'm we'll still get- not sure
0: what he's trying to teach him, but it is my favorite story. That's the one I reread for this week. I'll have some parts oh, yeah. to share there. Yeah.
1: yeah, I actually listened to our episode on Thor uh, versus Frigga, which Odin does play Good. a slight part. So I listened to that today. But uh, anyway, we'll get into that. But last week, um, when we discussed Odin's story of him being younger and like him showing that he has this desire for growth in his, specifically in his search for like knowledge and wisdom, we discussed the creation myth his role in the Aesir-Vanir War, the Mita Poetry, him sacrificing his eye at the at Mimir's Well, him waking the dead Cirrus to learn about her cosmic knowledge in Völuspá from the Poetic Edda, Odin hanging himself to learn the runes, as told at a, in a portion of Havamal, and then Odin defeating Váthrúthnir in a knowledge contest, as told in Váthrútnismál. This week, we're going to be focusing on a few stories that involve Odin getting involved in the affairs of others both mortals and other gods or giants i personally like to look at these stories as a progression from last week's episode where as i mentioned odin is still potentially young looking to reach his full potential to a time in odin's life where he is perhaps in his mid-30s to maybe mid-40s or something perhaps in a time where he has established himself and perhaps has succeeded or in some cases failed to achieve his dreams but what does he have to do now with his time, now that he is the king of the gods, and maybe he has possessed this knowledge and this wisdom. If I can yeah, interrupt good. you a little bit there, that, yeah, idea sure. that,
0: he's, you know, that he's the king, right? And that the king archetype is kind of the father archetype as well. And it goes back to, that we're not always talking about literally, you know, the to this archetypal journey that you have to have a child and be a father, right? It's, are you doing that father energy kind of thing? So it could be that you're you're a boss. You're managing people, right? As you say, he's getting involved in other people's affairs, right? Once you become a manager, you're in everybody else's business. And are you doing that as a good father? Do you bring that good father energy that people are they're happy, to, you know, to make you proud? And you uh, you know, you pat them on the back and say, "Great job!" Or are you the you know bane of their existence and you make them miserable <laughs> constantly? And that's because you might not realize that you're having to do that King father energy there. Right. It goes back. If you think the King is, well, I'm the boss and everyone does what I say that that barely works with kids. And that does not work with your mid thirties uh, subordinate employees. You know,
1: so. Yeah. And that's very topical. Cause like I manage a team of 10 direct reports and yeah. like, I had this like mental thought today where like, I'm trying to, you know, enable them to be their best selves at work. And then yeah. like, as yeah. a result of that, them doing their best jobs, but then, I find out, like, I find myself consistently, like, certain points throughout a week, or excuse me, at certain points throughout the week where I have to be that person that, like, says, wait, nope, nope, you need to be doing this, and, like, I'm this, like, dad that can't yeah. Yeah. let go of the uh, training wheels, I guess, and it's, like, right. you have a, I think, what is August, like, he's, like, five or six now, right? So He's, he's three, he no, he's only three. Yeah. He's three? Yeah, but he has he's... training wheels. Yeah. Gotcha. I just assume when somebody has a kid, like, two years later, they could be anywhere from, like... Yeah, three to ten. So I apologize he's a big, for that, but like, he's a
0: big, he's a big kid, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like, I'm at I'm at that like a yeah. uh, part of my life right now where like I'm managing people, and I like I do care yeah. about them, but at the same time, sometimes I just have to like be, like find that right balance that I'm still yeah. struggling to find, and I think most of us are in our lives. But
0: the, I'll go on a tangent now. We, usually, I save them for the end, but I, I feel like doing it now. Yeah, sure. That idea of the archetypes, right? The idea, like. Why, why are the archetypes real, right? Why is this not just a crazy thing that Carl Jung talked about and that David thinks is interesting and it makes good podcast material, but why are the archetypes really real that that everyone kind of needs these potentials in them, right? The potential to be a warrior. And it goes back in our current society, there's not a lot of opportunities to be a warrior. It's not usually that useful, but that you need to have that stored in you somewhere because life throws you into a place where you really need to be a warrior and you better be ready, right? And mm-hmm. that, that everyone has that potential in them to be a father because- life throws you something and now now it's time to be a father and you can activate and connect with that archetype or you don't and then that's kind of the issue so that you know if those there's, there's a, basically everything's an archetype but certainly the king the warrior the magician and the lover there's different stages of your life you need to be able to do each of those um, so that's my that's my tangent
1: <laughs> no, I like that that's I appreciate that I just had an issue with a uh, like I'm like I own a townhouse and I just had an issue with like a basic thing in like fixing a part of the house and like every time I do that I'm like, Oh my god, I'm a I'm a fucking millennial meme. I can't do anything around the house to fix it and like it's Yeah, and you haven't practiced
0: it, right? You haven't activated that archetype that I don't I don't know why Red Foreman comes to my mind, but I feel like Red Foreman has a toolbox and knows how to fix his toilet or whatever, some nonsense in his apartment, right? I'm actually pretty good at fixing toilets. I can't fix much else but I can fix a toilet. But but if you don't practice that archetype, you can feel like yeah, like I'm incompetent. I you know, I'm a man and I'm supposed to be able to be a king and I don't know how to but (laughs) You haven't practiced doing it right and that but that you do have that potential in you that, that's the theory and it seems to be true but some things can get in the way so
1: yeah 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 definitely and i haven't exercised it because like when it when something is wrong with my house i if i didn't have the internet like i'd be fucked but i have the internet and i have like a phone in my camera in my pocket where i can take a picture send it to my dad and be like dad what's this and he's like well sean that's a light switch and i'm like oh shit
0: and so, <laughs> especially when you say you can, you can find anything on YouTube, that's being the magician. You have your book of spells and ah, uh, YouTube will tell me how to do this. I don't need to worry about it.
1: Well, no, and I wonder, like, I know, like, I know this isn't the part of the episode, like the um, main point of the episode, but I know in previous episodes, we talked about like the idea of like what masculinity is compared yeah. to like what modern people say toxic masculinity is or like yeah. even fragile masculinity. But like, I like I, I understand that you want to, you, you want to be able to like, be able to step up the plate and like do what you need to do as a person to handle these things that are thrown at you just in case like the worst happens. But I don't know, maybe that, maybe that's a reach on my part. No, um...
0: if it's that, um, without me going too far off on toxic masculinity, but that idea of the warrior, right? Some people hear the warrior archetype and it's like, David, why are you trying to encourage young boys and kids and everybody else to be a warrior? But it's that if you have, the theory says you have that in you for when you need it. And maybe most of the time you don't need it. But since it's inside of you, you need to be doing something with it because if you're not getting it to do something useful, it is going to show up places where nobody wants it showing up. And then that's why everybody's upset because you're, you know, yeah, being a warrior when this is not the place and time for being a warrior. But do you need to go play football? Do you need to, uh, what's another good warrior activity? Um, Uh, Boxing. Yeah, boxing, you know, to do a martial art, right? That workaholism is the idea that if you don't have anywhere else for your warrior to go, it's going to go into your workaholism. (laughs) So I can relate with that. Sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. But it's also like, um, the, on the other end of things, you don't want to like only have that mindset in life. Like you want to be able to yeah. like enjoy things and just like let a lot of things go, which I think it's that's her. Yeah.
0: It's good to have a place for it, but that's yeah. To, yeah. to be the archetype all the time. This is actually, I'm, I'm finally uh, doing some research on really understanding the lover archetype. And and once I read it, then it's pretty obvious that like a lot of musicians, I think I said before the shadow, um, lover is the addict. So all these musicians who die, from alcoholism in their twenties or you know early thirties, but usually in their twenties, that was the lover archetype. But they became the archetype, and that's why they imploded. Because you cannot be an archetype; you can't be a god. You're just a mortal, and uh, you're, you're Jimi Hendrix, and everyone looks at you like a god, and you can burn out. And that's uh, same with the warrior spectrum. So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, so hopefully we didn't exhaust everything uh, that we were going to have at the end of the episode. But I'll keep no, going I got on here. More. Yeah. yeah um, So in this episode, we're going to be asking why a god may decide to get into the affairs of mortals or just any other or any other beings in general. So, like, why would Odin prevent his son Thor from crossing the water to get while offering him high-end insults in the process? Like, why would he use the sons of King Gareth, as told in Grimnismal, why would he use them to form a wager with his wife Frigg? And, like, on the other end, like, even outside of Norse mythology why would a Christian God need to create everything so he wanted to form a supposed battle between good and evil, um, both of which he would have created anyway? And also like in our maybe more topical, I, I never did this. So I hope, why would a 10-year-old want to see what a magnifying glass can do to a line of ants?
0: So yeah, there's a little bit of that think, of, uh, of, yeah, when you're enjoying seeing the ants burn, the, a little bit of playing God with that, right? So if you're if you're in your, your God archetype and uh, not using it appropriately.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> like, I think- into. Yeah. And so like what I'd like to unpack here is like why Odin does what he does when he gets to this point. And like, again, I do want to like say that the timeline in Norse mythology is pretty much non-existent. It's something that like we, as in like David and I like to discuss as like our way of looking at it and like the way that we interpret the myths. But that's what I love about mythology. Um, It's up to the, the eye of the beholder who's like interpreting the myths after they read it. So, like, I think this is pretty cool, like, the way that we're going about this, David. But anyway, we can get started, if unless you uh, Mm had anything right there.
0: Nope, that sounds good. Cool.
1: So, the stories that we're going to go through today, um, one is going to be Grimna Small from the Poetic Edda. One's going to be Harbird's Laud, which David mentioned earlier, also from the Poetic Edda. Then we're going to talk about Thor versus Hrungnir, as told from uh, Scott Skoppermal from the Prose Edda. And then I'm going to say a few things about the Saga of the Volsungs. I don't want to give too much away there, because... I think uh, towards the tail end of 2023, that's a story that David and I are going to unpack anyway. Yeah. So anyway, with small Odin and his wife Frigg arranged for two sons of King Hrothong to get lost on a boat while fishing. As a result, each one would foster one of the children. Frigg would foster Agnar while Odin fostered Gareth. After, I think it was like a winter or something, early the next spring... Odin and Frigg gave the boys a boat to go home. But Odin had arranged for Gareth to push his brother Agnar back out the sea to where he'd be lost. Gareth gets back um, to his father, King Hathrong. Eventually, Hrothrong dies. Gareth was taken as king, and then back in Asgard on the throne, Odin eventually boasts to his wife about his foster son's fortune, while Frigg's foster son, Agnar, was living with a troll woman in a cave. So Frigg, upset, informed Odin that Gareth was still stingy and a bad king, while Odin didn't believe her, so he disguised himself to go check it out. The two gods made a wager, and as a result, Frigg sent her servant Fula to let King Gareth know that a sorcerer was coming that should not be trusted, the sorcerer being Odin. So once Odin arrived in disguise, King Gareth... Had his former foster father arrested. He didn't recognize his foster father at all. And then Gareth's son, also named Agnar for his uncle, then gave Odin a drink of mead while he was imprisoned. So, as a result of this drink, Odin was able to escape and kill King Gareth. So, Agnar, his son, became king um, because Agnar proved himself worthy of it. Pretty much the fates and lives of this royal family were. Manipulated by Odin and Frigg, and it was based on pretty much a contest between husband and wife. So, David, what are your thoughts there? Did I I, did the, that makes sense. Part of the, yeah,
0: of the gods, oh, yeah, of the gods being so powerful, right, that they're just playing with the lives of mortals. They're just their playthings. There's also very much once again that uh, Cain and Abel feeling, right? I think we even talked about that last week. So it's the idea. Of, oh yeah. Maybe there are just many different ways to tell the same kind of story, right? They, in, the, in the Bible, right, it's like God's all good, and God, you know, uh, had these two brothers you know and then and and i don't know why he got mad at the one and and then he and i can't imagine why did he go kill his brother right but rather odin's the voice in your ear that says hey you better go kill your brother <laughs> right? that, that makes a lot more sense now we know what's happening here right i'm not as confused by <laughs> the, the motivations of the gods right um and that that odin and Frigg want to be parents of a mortal that's the beginning part right that they because they have a balder do they have any other kids between the two of them
1: no, well, between the two of them, actually, I don't know, maybe Hod. Um, I think there's,
0: another, yeah, another one or two, but I... Yeah, I, know, I, forgot, I
1: forgot, like, I know Odin has many sons with many um, right.
0: mothers, but... But from Frigg, not too many, I don't think, yeah. Um,
1: well, yeah, Baldur was the main one, but, right. like, in this, and, I, like, I was going to ask you, David, because I think you would know more about this than I'd, I would, but, like, in Greek mythology, doesn't Zeus, like, get even more involved in the mortal affairs than Odin does here, or what?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Zeus is constantly knocking up uh, human women and things like that, and uh, sort of things like. And even, even Hera gets really vengeful and wants to set up, you know, there's going to be a war, and she's trying to decide who's going to get killed. She's like, I don't like that guy, and I'm going to start a whole war just so you, you can get that guy killed. And yeah, they really are quite meddling in that same way. I'm trying to remember if Zeus and Hera have a child together. But I know there's that part where Hera oh. creates Hephaestus on her own. Maybe she's mm-hmm. tired that Zeus didn't give her a child, but then I'm trying to remember. Maybe Ares is their legitimate child, um, yeah, the God of War, having a hard time remembering for some reason. But um, but you know they don't they don't talk much about how Odin and Frigg. They're just the wonderful parents, and they raise Balder to be the beautiful, wonderful Balder, right? It's like we don't know anything about Balder. He's just beautiful and fine and perfect and whatever, right? But but that mm-hmm. Odin and Frigg are really interested in raising these humans and trying their best to accomplish something and teach them how to be kings. And to see, I know how to teach them to be a king now. I know how to teach them to be a king. And uh, yeah, yeah and not the way a very that the
1: and so, like, what's funny about Mall, Like, everything I just explained was the prose introduction. Like, the poem has not even started yet. But the way that the prose introduction is kind of written is that Odin and Frigg were farmers. They were farmers that these two princes like accidentally arrived at, and they make yeah. it very clear shortly after this that like Odin and Frigg were just like you know watching what happened. So they like yeah. what this means is Odin and Frigg obviously went down disguised themselves as farmers and said hey these two princes are going right. to come let's see what happens yeah and so like they decided with their time that is what i'm going to do right now
0: and, and then that's why they didn't recognize odin later right because he's yeah shape-shifting and all these other things so they
1: yeah yeah so like that's the first that's the first story that i wanted to discuss and i find that very interesting to see like what like prompted this to happen and like i think this is going to like be right. a bigger theme that we see Um, when we ask ourselves the questions, why would gods want to do this? Like what, like, what do they not have anything better to do with their time? And the answer is probably not.
0: And, and the Um, one part I see of the the lesson, right. Odin's hubris that he's like, he knows what makes a good King. And then Frigg's like, no, your King's awful. He's a terrible King. And Odin's like, no, he's not. He's great. And then later Odin's like, yeah, he was kind of terrible. Let's let the, the new young kid named Agnar be the King. Right. Because Frigg knew what she was talking about. Right. And that's, Odin doesn't want to admit that because he's an all powerful King. Um, and that's why they're not not the yeah. ideal.
1: And uh, when you think about double, like but... gods and kings, um, like Odin and Frigg are the king of kings in this case. Like you can you yeah. make that um, right. argument and they know like what they do when they kind yeah. of manipulate this royal line that starts with King Hrothdung goes to either Agnar or Gareth, which it ends up at Gareth to Gareth. And then they realize, up oh, he's not good. Um, and then so like Gareth's son, Agnar, his uncle's namesake is going to inherit the kingdom because he proved himself worthy. And just like in that exchange right there, like in, in a kingdom, like that has the ability to like influence millions of lives, depending on how big the kingdom is. So I don't know. I find that very, like, I find it like very cool to think about like, you know, if you're just a random peasant that happens to be on these lands, how much of your life is going to change from these Kings and how much of the Kings lives is going to change from these gods. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. We can, yeah, the, the first first scene of Odin and his attempt at being a father, right? Went very well. <laughs> and, yes. And here's the next scene. <laughs>
1: yes, definitely. The next one is Harbard's Lod, which is also from the Poetic Edda. So Odin disguises himself as a man named Harbard and trolls Thor by not letting him cross the water. So in this case, Thor was just out east, out east fighting giants. And he was on his way home, and for some reason the mighty Thor has an inability to cross this river. And so Odin, disguised as his ferryman, like, says, I'm not going to let you cross, after Thor asked him to let him cross. And in doing so, he insults him, and he makes fun of his mother, the Earth, which is also, since Thor is his son, Odin's love interest at some point, the god personification of the Earth, but Odin also belittles his achievements of killing giants while also bragging about his sexual exploits. And so David, I know in that episode we uh, discussed whether or not, I guess in that episode we discussed Odin's motivations there. Like why would he decide to disguise himself as as a ferryman to belittle his son Thor? Like, was it to teach him a lesson
0: or was it it just to
1: yeah.
0: Is Odin a good example of a father or a king? Or is Odin a shadow magician who is a know-it-all and likes to outsmart you? <laughs> and that's his major motivation is, I can outsmart you. And that's that's great, Odin. You're, you're a wonderful father.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like and I, I mentioned, uh, well, actually, like in that um, episode, I think we talked about like what um, Odin's motivations were. And one of them was he was bored. He thought it'd be fun. One, that he was going to teach him a lesson. But the third one that I mentioned was that Odin is this character that has built himself up to be something so maybe like you could take a look at our last week's episode where he accomplished what he wanted to and now he's just trying to like keep his wits sharp By i think saying, I the other this, point like, was yeah that
0: odin's a bully right that is is odin being a bully here and and of course yeah. there's bull- not all that smart he cannot talk himself out of a paper bag and odin's <laughs> just shoving it in his face
1: <laughs> yeah i don't think you and i like participated in any type of bullying growing up but like i uh i think that that's where it'd be like oh it's fun you know, I yeah. don't know. I can't speak for bullies, but
0: No, and the part of, of the uh, the insecurity, right, As you said Odin has himself built up as this big idea and it's like, Odin, you don't need to keep trying to prove stuff. You're you know, you're good enough the way you are, Odin, right? But but that Odin never had a father who told him he was good enough the way he was. So he's still right. busy trying to prove something, have a one up over his son. And it's like Odin, that's not the right game to be playing here.
1: But yeah, that's why he like sense. as we as you mentioned last week, he's the son of Besla, but he's not the son of uh Boar.
0: Right, right. So he he had his father, but then his father disappeared. Or, what was Bor like? Is he an elemental force of nature or something? Or I can
1: I'm sure they all are supposed to be something like that. Um, but like with the yeah, a- they all grew era, out of
0: yeah
1: yeah they, they, yeah no, with he, the acer didn't Bory. no I'm sorry good
0: well he, he didn't grow out of a giant's armpit it was that his father was licked out of the ice by the cow right that's the, yeah that's And the you can
1: yeah. you can imagine since Burry was the only Aesir, he probably had sexual relations with a giantess because they were around at that point and they gave birth to Bor, who also married the giant besla or the giantess besla they gave yeah. birth to odin villain um but you don't hear about Bor or bury actually after that um but yeah. you do he- like see like besla sprinkled in through some of the other sources
0: Sean, was there anything um, else you wanted to say, or can I read a few favorite stanzas out of uh, Harbard's Leod? Just th- yeah, that's yeah, a good go episode. Ahead. That's I think that's a really good episode for people to go back to. Um, I, I think I still I can still stand by that episode, but just uh, yeah. to give you a flavor of Odin and uh, Thor having a a duel of wits. Yeah, sure. So that Thor starts starts out not having the best uh, you know manners. Approaches an old man that's a ferryman, and Thor says, "Who is this lad of lad who stands on that side of the inlet?" And Harbard answers, who is this churl of churls who calls over the gulf? So that you, you walk up to an old man, and you're like, hello, sir. Could you bring the boat over? Rather than, hello, boy, get my boat over here. That's, that's not the way you want to. Anyways, 13 Thor says, it seems to me that it would be an unpleasant labor to wade over the water to you and wet my prick. I'll pay you back. You babe in arms. If you're jeering words, if I get over the water. That uh, that's the best explanation we have for why Thor will not cross the river is he does not want to get wet below the waist.
1: Yeah. And we also see uh, Thor like having issues with water on his way to Garrett's court um, in yeah. that episode. And also on the episode where they were hunting Loki, I'm pretty sure Thor actually successfully crosses the water or he gets right. to the water to like trap him or something like that. So I know that's a joke that we made in previous episodes where Thor always has this like, adversary that is water that he somehow yeah. overcame at that point. So.
0: That it's a sign he finally matured that somehow he can overcome <laughs> the water, right? And what does it mean? Yes. Uh, the other thing uh, Carolyn Larrington had in her introduction was explaining that the way these... Um, what's the term for these uh, duel of wits kind of poems? A uh, a flighting is the, the, oh, the fle- genre yeah, of I thought poetry. it was like
1: fleeting or something. Yeah.
0: F-L-Y-T-I-N-G however you say that. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that that's a duel of wits between warriors generally. And the idea is that usually they're both talking about this is how mighty I am, and this is how good I am at combat, and this is how much better I am than you. But, but this one is interesting because Odin doesn't even attempt to claim he's a great warrior. He's just like, I slept with a lot of women, and I'm smarter than you. And that's his claim <laughs> to fame.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's see. Now, here's one where Odin starts uh, mocking his uh, past uh, battles with giants. He says, Harbard says, I was was with Fjolvar, five winters long, on that island called Allgreen. We fought there and wrecked slaughter, and we tried out many things. We had our choice of girls. And Thor says, how did that turn out for you with the women? And Harbard says, we had frisky women. They were all well deposed to us. We had clever women, and they were also were faith- faithful to us. The, the, the interesting thing in there is basically like Thor is supposed to have a response being like, oh yeah, well, that's not that great. I did this. And it's Thor's <laughs> like, oh yeah, how was that? Tell me more. And it's like, Thor, you're losing. You, you're, you've lost the battle. Yeah, <laughs> Thor
1: did not win. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then a, a useful line here that, because uh, Carolyn Larrington commented that this is one of those kind of bits of evidence we have that was Odin kind of a king of the nobility. And Thor was the favored god of the lower class. Um The way they say it in here was, Harbard says, I was in Valand and I followed the war. I incited the princes and never reconciled them. Odin owns the nobles who fall in battle and Thor owns the race of thralls. Mm -hmm. So that would be the idea that these poems are probably written for the upper class, right? So we have all these stories about Odin and him being kind of, you know, like morally, morally not the most, uh, you know, a little more reprehensible. And then Thor is always being made fun of. And that idea that were the upper class people writing these poems, they look down on the people who worshipped Thor a little bit. They like the people who worshipped Odin, right? That that's might be accurate, right? And that it's just an interesting thought, right? Is we, you know, we only get these from a couple sources, and were they big Odin fans? They weren't big Thor fans, uh, as possible, right? Because how often are they making fun of Thor? And he's in a wedding dress, and he's constantly yeah. he's hiding in the glove, right, and things like that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that part, Sean? That, uh...
1: No, I mean it makes sense, like. Uh... No like Odin is never like he Odin has his issues and like he has his yeah. like insecurities that clearly like show on the print, right. but with Thor it's very direct. Like, Oh, well one time Thor wore a wedding dress. One time Thor had to belittle himself in like hide in glove for a night. Cause he was afraid of the weather. Like right. it makes sense, but.
0: And that, that Odin constantly lusts for power. And it's, it's so hard for him that he's constantly lusting for power rather than there's never a lesson of maybe Odin shouldn't be lusting for power so much because <laughs> who is our audience, right? The well, nobody. yeah, and,
1: you, and like with uh, <laughs> yeah. Thor, like he definitely has a chip on his shoulder, and like in this case, he does get embarrassed, and just like yeah. what he did with uh, Skrimer's glove, and with like the wedding dress when he was at Thrym's yeah. wedding. So, like,
0: here's here's the one about the uh, the giant and the glove. So says a uh, Herbard says, Thor had quite enough strength, but no guts. In fear and cowardice, you were stuffed in a glove. You didn't seem much like Thor then. You dared in your terror, neither to sneeze nor to fart, in case Fialar might hear. Thor says, Harbard, you pervert, I would knock you into hell if I could stretch over the water. That uh had to throw that one. You're you're too scared to fart. It's like you're you're disgusting, you're disgusting. (laughs) Rather than he doesn't have a real answer, just gross. And uh and then my favorite one that really connects to us when we get into Loki's stories. Thor says, you know, stop wasting my time, get over here and or I'll I'll destroy you with my hammer. And Harvard says, Sif has a lover at home. He's the one that you want to meet. That's the test of strength you ought to attempt. It's more pressing for you. And, and it seems like he's just trying to, there was an earlier thing where, you know, um, Carolyn Larrington says, this is, you know, this, this is what Odin's style is, that he's saying like, Thor, your mother's dead. And his mother's the earth. Thor's mother's not dead, right? Yeah. But but then when he says, Thor, someone's sleeping with your wife. You think he's just making that up. But then again, uh, as we get into the later stories, maybe that's maybe that's not the case.
1: Yeah, and I don't think I realized that when we did our episode on Harvard's lot, where it was like Loki yeah. claims
0: to have slept with Sif. So no, it's only when you really dive into these myths, then you're like, wait a second, didn't we hear about somebody sleeping with Thor's wife before?
1: Yeah, it all it all works. Like, there's so many things yeah. that about Norse mythology that just like work where oh, yeah. you have a good confidence that.
0: And I think what, that's those parts yeah. when you were a talented uh, poet, and when you were, when you were telling these poems. And you hit one of those things that everybody knew. The crowd went wild because they're like, oh, snap. He's sleeping with Thor's wife, right? Because they (laughs) they get the reference, right? If people really know these stories, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. That (laughs) makes sense. Like, I'm just, like, thinking back to, like, our earlier episodes where you mentioned, like, a uh, seer or, like, a skald going to different villages and, like, telling these stories and be like, oh, and then Odin says that Thor's wife was infidel. Like, she had sex with other men. Like, I don't know. And then, like, people just... That's there might be so
0: many of these references that we don't get, right? There can be so many things here that they seem that's like that's a weird thing to say, but that it's probably an innuendo <laughs> or something. Yeah,
1: yeah for sure.
0: In any case, shall, um, shall we move? Shall we move forward?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two two quick stories here. So one is uh, in Thor versus Hrungnir, which we discuss. It's from Scott Coppermall from the Prosetta. Thor fights Hrungnir, and this only took place because of the actions of Odin. So the story starts with Odin traveling to Jotunheim. And boasting about his horse Sleipnir, and how Sleipnir could beat any other horse in Jotunheim in a race, and so he talks to um, Hrungnir, who has a horse named Gulfaxi. When he says this, so it's not necessarily a race, but at this point, it seems like Odin just insulted Hrungnir, and then Hrungnir chases Odin on his horse Gulfaxi, gets lost in like the adrenaline, I guess, and then they end up at Asgard. For the race, and then Odin, being a man of hospitality, says, "Well, let's feed him drinks. Let's, let's, you know, be a good host, even though he's a giant from Jotunheim." And they get him drunk. Thor, who was not present at this point, then shows up, and then they get into an argument that results in this duel. That Thor wins when he kills Hrungnir. And I know you and I talked about this. Like Odin made the decision to go to Jotunheim with Sleipnir and start boasting about his horse's capabilities. And so that started everything. And like, again, that's, you have to ask yourself the question,
0: like, why did Odin decide to do that? Oh yeah. And that, yeah, that, that Odin starts fights that then Thor has to finish. Right. I think that's my comment from the uh, yeah. first time we looked at the story. The other part, you know, as, as we're noting that Sleipnir is in here, that makes me think, where is Loki in here? Right. that because Loki's the one, Loki's the pervert who slept with a horse and got Slepnir in the first place. And Odin's very proud of Slepnir, right? So that part that, like, you're not supposed to be proud of this, you know, feminine, sadier magic guy. And he's, you know, got got weird sexual kinks, right? But then Odin's really proud of him, right? But then, mm-hmm. um, so the part in, in Marvel that, that Loki is the, uh, the adopted kind of stepchild, you know, that's not actually in the mythology, but I think it fits perfectly. <laughs> that there's, you know. Loki's very, and then that place, you know, where I've, I said a few times, right? Like, isn't Odin kind of like Loki? Sometimes these times I can't tell, is this Odin or Loki? Um, As I'm reading a new book on archetypes in fairy tales uh, by Marie-Louise von Franz, was a student Mm -hmm. of Jung. um, She says, whenever those things come up where you're like, wait, this character is practically the same thing as this character. And these things are all the same thing. That means you're talking about an archetype, right? So that, that this is Odin being the trickster the story could be Loki, right? That Loki could go start a fight and that's a bunch of other myths, right? Loki starts a fight and now Thor has to finish it, right? Yeah. But that it's Odin here suggests we're dealing with that part of the, the father trying to teach you a lesson and teaching you how to be a warrior, right? So that's to make more sense if you listen to the early episodes of Why Does David Think Odin is Always Loki, you could write the story either way, right? You could make this a Loki story, but it has the father energy when you put Odin in here, so.
1: Yeah, they so are that, very similar, so. yeah. But so the last the last thing that I added here and again this is the uh, Saga of the Volsungs. It's um something that we haven't discussed yet on this podcast but it's something that we're going to later this year. So Odin is the I guess the ancestor of this family named Volsung. You see the Volsungs in the poetic Edda, actually a majority of the poetic Edda. You see them mentioned in the Prosetta, Edda and then like you have other versions that only detail the Saga of the Volsungs. So one of the characters is named Rerir. He's part of that family. He prays to Odin for a child because his, his wife cannot give birth, or his wife cannot get pregnant. The wish is eventually granted in the form of an apple, which his queen eats. And then she endures a long pregnancy after this that ends in her death, but is able to birth her son, Volsung.
0: Should I go on a tangent or should I leave it for later? Let's leave it for later. Because I think okay. well, this will be great when we get to the saga of the Volsungs. So I'm seeing all kinds of lines connecting, but I'll, I'll leave it alone today.
1: <laughs> yeah. So a, bit, a little bit later in this family's timeline, at the wedding of Volsung's daughter, Odin, as a hooded man with one eye—that's what gives it away—enters the hall and thrusts a sword into the tree in its center and claims that the person that can pull the sword from the tree will have it as a gift— to which the only person that could pull it was Volsung's son Sigmund. So, those are just two examples of Odin getting involved with this family. But, like, you see a consistent pattern here of Odin just maybe he's bored or having fun getting involved in this family, or getting involved in this uh, like the affairs of mortals. Um, yeah,
0: well, in, in this yeah, place so- that he's not that he's not the father, but he's the grandfather, and so there is a bit where he's a little bit more of the wise old man. He's the he's the kingmaker. Um, but my only little bit I'll say where I was going to take a tangent is just, you know, Ray prayed to Odin for a child and well, he got what he wanted, but at what cost, right? That's, that's the sadier magic. That's some of this, you know, what, what kind of magic is Odin's yeah. magic, things that have a cost. You don't just get a free ask God to make your life better. It's yes, but at what cost?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's a good point because like Odin um, and like, he's a part of that family. Odin's son was Siggy. Siggy's son was Ray as I mentioned raver's son was volsung then it goes to sigmund's then sigmund's son is Sigurd the dragon slayer who's like the main character of the Saga of the volsung so like um i just wanted to like let like kind of put it out there that odin is a part of this family but you do see this consistent theme of him maybe being bored to like do what he wants i don't know
0: that odin likes to interfere right and even when he becomes the wise old man odin still likes to interfere but it's idea right. They have the blood of Odin, aren't they meant to be kings and great heroes? But that Odin comes in to help them activate the archetype. It's to connect to my earlier idea, right? That yeah. you know, was Sigurd going to become the great dragon slayer if not for Odin's interference here, right? Um, so it's and then that idea that this the sacrifice, right? That well, none of yeah, Sigurd and Sigmund, none of them and Volsung, none of them would have existed if not for Rarir's. Prayer, but also his prayer is his sacrifice, and it's the sacrifice of his wife, right? And that's, uh, yeah, ties into all. Kinds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love the story when we get to the sagas. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and it's like one other quick note there, and like this is like tied into like real world history. again, like I don't, I don't believe the family of the Volsungs existed, but if you look at Sigurd the Dragon Slayer, he had a daughter named Aslog. Aslog eventually, in another tale, marries Ragnar Lothbrok. Yeah. They have a group of kids called the Sons of Ragnar. Um, that have done things in this world that supposedly have happened. And then you see like their descendants forming like the kingdom of Norway or something like that. So like you see, you could like, if, if this like was true, you could be like, Oh, well, Odin doing this shit um, and putting this sword into a tree is what caused the world to be the yeah. way it is right now. So, so that's
0: what, the Agatha from the Vikings show. Ragnar's wife is from this uh, lineage.
1: no, Lagritha is not Aslog, so it depends on the uh, it depends on the translation of Saga of the Volsungs. But okay. Lagritha is like one of his wives, and I think like Tora or Tira is like supposed to be another one.
0: Which one, um, Which one's a descendant of uh, Sigurd, though?
1: Aslog. She wasn't Vikings.
0: Yeah. Which one? I don't know how she?
1: far you got. Into, I don't know how far you got into the show. Oh, but she she's was the one that. Yeah, she. Well, she's like in season two or something. But like oh. Aslog is the one that got seduced by ragnar when ragnar said okay well you need to come to Mm. me with a clothed but your skin bare you need to come to me starving but not like hungry or something and then she like comes to him like with a fishnet stocking like or a fishnet like over herself an apple and then like with a dog or something i don't know and it's like I don't know if you no, right. remember get too vaguely, far but, in the show. But.
0: Uh, uh, no, I remember it vaguely, but I would have liked it better if uh, Lagertha was a descendant of Sigurd. It, she was such a, uh, a female warrior kind of archetype there. But
1: no, funny. and I think in the, even the show, they make a joke about Aslog being the uh, daughter of the famous Sigurd, the dragon slayer. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
0: but um, the other thing just... Uh, what year was this written, Dino? You know? The Saga of the Volsungs?
1: It was also in the 13th century, I'm pretty sure.
0: 13th century, yeah. That yeah. part that um, I'm also... Sometimes I'm not well, re- keep- I, I take a break from reading, and sometimes I'm reading five books at once again.
1: <laughs> yeah, and keep in mind, like I think the Saga of the Volsungs is like pulling stuff from the Poetic Edda, because I would say fifty five percent of the Poetic Edda is literally poems about the Volsungs. Yeah, um, but the Saga of the Volsungs, like that, some people have translated it to like be like a separate story or re- wrote it down as like a separate story.
0: That they're pulling things from a lot of places, right? And that, you know, it's sort of like the sword in the stone. It's a, bu- a bunch of different big images here that kind of show up, right? But that, yeah. as I'm curious, what century it was, where then they were trying to connect back to their past and put important lessons of this is where we come from, right? So just my... Yeah. Uh,
1: but anyway, so like that's yeah. that's what I had as far as like Odin getting involved in the affairs of others. Yeah. So again, like I, I posed this question to you, David, like why would a God do this? Or like, if we were in a position where we were Odin, why? Like, what would you do? Or like, if we were the Christian God and time didn't matter, what would we do with our time? Would you just create a universe and say, like, oh well, I'll see what happens? Am I going to put like pit good versus evil, or like if I'm Odin in like a uh, non or like in a in a a world where he knows that his existence is going to end, what would you do with that time?
0: It's interesting. It. The the first place it takes my mind is the idea that the gods need to be observed. They need somebody to worship them, right? They need human beings to be conscious to be aware of them, or else nobody's really aware of them. And and maybe then they just kind of don't exist, right? And and poof, yeah. they're gone. Or or maybe they are kind of these forces of nature, but if nobody's conscious of them, then they they aren't really living either. Right, kind of the, like they live out their lives through us. So it, it does kind of fit, I guess, it's, it's a very fancy way to say, yeah, they're bored without us, right? <laughs> but um, I don't know how philosophical or even like, I don't actually study theology, but I listen to a lot of podcasts by people that study theology. Um, and the mo- most theology is just looking at Christian theology, but the, especially when I, I like the Stoic theology, one of the things I was talking about is this idea like that God has... The, the idea that God has an intelligence like like is, um, is God or the universe conscious? And that sometimes that might actually be a thing like that's, that's diminishing the idea of God to think that it has feelings and opinions like us, right? Like that it's, it chooses things the way we do, right? But does, does God have a will? That would be to say that just the universe has a will. There is a force and things are moving a certain direction. The big bang happened and everything's moving outwards, right? Is a, scientific way to say it but that there's is it just a force that's just happening like fate and it can't be changed right it's all predecided or is there somebody kind of sitting there thinking and scheming and having emotions and getting jealous and all of that you know to me to me i don't think any of that's needed um, what's what's the evidence that it is there i don't know right that that fate feels fickle sometimes but is that just me projecting, right? So that that idea, yeah, mm-hmm. is God bored, or is that me projecting that I would be bored if I was <laughs> God? I mean, that's all this question, like, well, yeah, how do you try to say that there is a God or not? Um, Carl Jung uses the word the image of God. That is, people, what, what's the thing we know that exists? You're a person, and you can create in your mind an image of God, and then it's existing. And is it related to anything that's real out there somewhere? I mean, who knows? Right, that's that's the word faith, because you don't know anything. You just you hope it is or you don't, or you don't care or whatever, but that, uh, so there's certainly a way to psychologize, to, you know, to just make it all psychological, but the idea of what's actually theological beyond that is uh, an interesting question, uh, mm. asking the big questions
1: today. Well, I remember like in a previous episode, you, like we, I guess it, like in our conversations, we asked ourselves like, well, like, let's say there's these gods that create people and, like, they live there, like, the gods do what they want to do. The people have free will. And, like, you see yeah. this, like, with people, like, are Christians. And they say, well, there's the evil in this world because there's free will. And so, like, that's what causes the evil that we see on a day-to-day basis is somebody yeah. else's free will. And you and I, like, got to the point where we discussed, like, whether or not gods, if they existed, have free will. Or, like, yeah. are they obligated to fate? Are they obligated to do yeah. what they're supposed to do as gods? And so, like, if you are a god like Odin that has these personalities or, like, is supposed to obey these archetypes, like, what, like, is there any, is, like, is there any point where Odin could tell himself, you know what, I am not going to go down to this river and prevent my son from crossing yeah. because that's or stupid.
0: Or I'm not going you know. to go down and, yeah prevent Baldur's death when fate told me it was going to happen. Or is it that fate knows Odin was always going to do that, right? Because he can't stop, he can't help himself,
1: Yeah. And so so that's where, like, I don't know, like, like, I know, like, everything when you think about, like, what happens after your death or, like, what happens if there's gods, like, any god that potentially exists is a paradox. And if there's no god, that's also kind of a paradox, because, like, why are we here? So it's, I don't know, it's, like, very, like, I know I'm not hitting the mark here, but, when you think about, like, these stories, what's the point of these gods doing anything at all? And right. I do think it's, like, very... it's it, Like, I think it's obviously that they're just, like, having fun and they're bored. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, like, like why would you, like, interfere in the affair of mortals unless, like, you thought you were doing something meaningful? And maybe you weren't. Maybe you were just, like, saying, well, these people are less than I and I'm curious. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to uh... put this one tribe of ants in this... And put them against another tribe of ants because I I'm curious to see what happens.
0: Yeah, and 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 so at that that point, yeah, people before the year 1000, right? People in the year 800 or 700, when they really felt like the gods were interfering in their lives. So it's the idea that yeah, I don't really have any answers for theology. I I don't have anywhere near the education or (laughs) even just (laughs) the vocabulary to explain it very well. But I know the psychology, right? And this is the experience of a person, right, in the year 700. And they're really experiencing that the gods are interfering in their lives right and this would be that argument of or the way I like to say it you know how do we know the unconscious exists well there's there's things that I do right that I chose to do, and then I did a thing and that wasn't me right and well, if it wasn't you, who was it yeah that's the question right mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't me, it was the other part of me it was my unconscious right another way to say that would be the the archetypal self, the true self that you don't have full awareness of and that's the idea is that the The gods all exist in the archetypal self in the collective unconscious that we all, so that we're all influenced by Odin in kind of the same way, because that's what's laid down in our neurology or something is the the scientific way to say that. Um, Yeah. But that idea, right? Yeah. Do we have our free will and the gods don't interfere? or these archetypes, they show up and they tell us we got to do something. And it's time to step up and be a father, time to be a hero and start (laughs) fighting. And you're like, I didn't decide to do that it popped into my head and it told me I need to start doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. It showed up one day and it started taunting me. It was being like, you know, you can't even make it over this river. You you know, you're too afraid to get your, get your prick wet. And, and then you build up a little more fight in you. Right. And that's uh, the negative voices in your head, right. From a psychology perspective.
1: And I feel like it's where like you actually have a child, you have a son. I don't. And like, that's where like, you know, maybe if I have a son, I'm going to know what I need to do to install like a light switch. But, <laughs> so,
0: but, but it's also when, when, when you're at work and then there's a thing where you're like, what is needed in this moment is for me to be somehow bring a fatherly energy to the situation. And you're like, that is not what I signed up for. That is not what I intended. Nobody told me I needed to do that. But the situation says this is what's needed right now. <laughs> right. And that's why you have the archetype in the, in the background. Yeah.
1: Um, but anyway, so David, I am curious. So like, let's say you were Odin. Yeah. What would you do? Like, what would you do with your time?
0: I mean, is this, if, if I just had all of, if I was in Odin's position or if I had the mindset of Odin.
1: If you were in Odin's position, I guess, well, like it's <laughs> my the same premise. thing, but like, let's say hypothetically that he found out that he was going to die at Ragnarok, um, yeah. because like, let's say Voluspa, the events of Voluspa did happen before this, which, because we discussed Voluspa last week, like, yeah. what would you do with your time if you knew you had a son, if you knew your yeah. life was finite, which humans can very much relate yeah. to, I guess, what would you do?
0: If if I am activating my Odin archetype, it is all fight because I'm not going to let myself die. And I don't care if I have to sacrifice all the guys in a, all the Einherjar in Valhalla and Hey, everybody time for you to fight and save me because I'm that kind of King. <laughs> gotcha. I'm, I'm sacrificing everybody for myself. Cause that's, that's Odin. Yeah. As far as yeah. I understand.
1: And, yeah. and like, as we're going to discuss next week, like he does have this mindset for, yeah. for like a large portion of the, his life yeah. or his like existence. Yeah. And at what point does that, like, ruin his existence? Because, like, let's say he's going to die. A human's going to die. If you, like, fret on that, it's not going to benefit you. So, like, what what can you do? Like, you just, like, if you have a kid, make sure that they are happy in their existence and, like, see if, like, they want to give
0: But if you're... That's that's the question of what what would I do? What what would a good king do? What would a good father do? Versus what would Odin do? And it's... you, you, You sell your kids out because... You're more important than they are if you're Odin, Um, it appears sometimes.
1: I don't know if you listened to my episode of uh, Hems Kringla, but there was like one king. Oh, you did? Okay, there was like one king in this like line of kings from Odin all the way, or like Freyr, all the way down to uh, King Harald Fairhair, where this like one king decided to keep sacrificing his children for more years of his life. And he asked Odin for this ability to do so, and Odin gave it to him yeah and so like
0: you know no, that idea that, that. Odin has powers right and Odin's actually not the right one to look to of is this a good idea is this right is it going to work out well but Odin has powers if you want some powers so
1: yeah yeah that's... so we found out what David would do
0: <laughs> what, what David is Odin yeah in, in the uh, David's Odin archetype would, uh...
1: yeah but I don't know no. like but so like that's where like just get back like the, to the uh the topic here like I really don't know in these like stories like you see christianity greek mythology like norse mythology probably every mythology these gods just getting involved in the affairs of mortals or creating yeah. mortals yeah. and it's like it's it seems to be the consistent theme seems to be that it's a game to them
0: yeah so i don't know that that goes to the idea in my mind the good king is much more like tier right he does what is needed he tells people yeah this is what would be fair right so that's who you look to when you're looking for is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? But uh, yeah. And so it's interesting that the Norse have Odin as their king, right? And and Thor could be the king, but Thor's still the hero. He hasn't figured it out yet. Um, And my other thought, going back to the... I'm sort of jumping ahead to... I'm sure we'll do a recap on Loki. But that idea, right, are the gods bored? Another way to say that is, are things getting too stagnant? And things need to be shaken up, right? And so it seemed like, well, if things are fated, they're all going to go predictably. But if part of fate is Loki and... A little bit of chaos in there. That when things get too stagnant, they will get shooken up in a somewhat predictable, but it feels very unpredictable way. That um, mm-hmm. I think that's what Loki's always doing, right? And Odin does a little bit of that. So does Odin. Sometimes bored. Yeah, he's bored sometimes. <laughs> Just shaking it. Yeah. Up.
1: <laughs> but anyway, like David, like I, I know the only note that we have left here is like a note that I have on Star Trek. Um... <laughs>
0: Let's go for it. I, so, want, I, want, I want Sean to do the wrap. I always do the wrap up. I want Sean's a uh, Star Trek wrap up. Yeah.
1: Sure. So I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Um, I, I grew up watching Star Trek, the next generation with my father. And I think that show came, actually that show came out when, when I was born 1987. And I would always like sit there with my dad, like age four through eight or whatever, when the show was out. Um, and there was a character named Q who was like this omnipotent being, this race of met this race of beings evolved into these omnipotent pretty much gods in the universe, which is supposed to be our universe in the year, uh, like 20 in the 2300s. And this main character, like one of the cues gets involved in the affairs of Captain Picard of the starship enterprise. And he does so because he thinks it's fun. Um, but he also like, they also play play to this part where he has like this uh, fascination with him, or he's, like, very intrigued by Captain McCart in the way that Captain McCart approaches things. So, they show in some episodes that Q has the ability to, like, go to the beginning of time to watch the cosmos being born. So, in this, like, timeline, in this, like, one portion, or this one dimension of space and, space and time, the Qs have, like, the ability to go, like, wherever they want. And then, there's like an episode in Star Trek Voyager, where there's another spe- race, there's, like, this another Q who comes to the, the captain of the Starship Voyager, Captain Janeway. And he tells her, you know what? Like, I want to die. I don't want to be doing this anymore. And like the whole point of the episode was that this Q tried to commit suicide. How, how did they talk come out of it?
0: I, I watched a lot of Voyager, but I can't remember that episode.
1: Well, and so like, by the way, this is, um, I'm very pissed off at myself when I did this earlier. Like I was looking up the episode on in on the internet earlier and i received a spoiler from something that i from captain or from star um star trek picard the new show yeah. that i haven't watched yet and i saw like a spoiler there but there's a separate queue because it's like a race of beings yeah. in voyager who try to commit suicide the person the queue failed but at the end of the episode the queue finally succeeded in killing himself on voyager and that's so- where it ended yeah Interesting. Well yeah, but like um it was like a big thing, but like the the rest of the queue not like they tried to stop him from doing so. Yeah. But he was like I've got nothing to live for, like there's nothing else. Like this is the most depressing existence that can be. And what I always like found interesting about that was like that's like an existence that we all hope to achieve.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like I've looked this up, like a lot of people like online when they talk about the idea of heaven, a lot of them say, like, well, I kinda wanna be in the observer mode like i want to be like on this like higher plane where i get to see like different portions of humanity or like different portions of history and just go wherever i want and like see what happens and like basically be these gods and this q like had that but this q killed themselves they, yeah. they
0: killed themselves so like interesting, right because I'm, I'm looking for a hopeful ending like he learned something from the humans that he couldn't figure out as a god and that's what helped well me. again
1: it's a different cue it's like yeah. a different
0: cue but like no, but then but then that the idea is that yeah that the um immortality is a curse right that that yeah that is awful and you, and you think you're afraid of death but wouldn't you really be afraid of immortality but going back to your earlier question right what would i actually do so as you're describing this idea i don't give it much thought normally but of uh of christian heaven right It's interesting because you can watch the people down there, right? Why is Odin getting so involved with people? That's why it's interesting. Otherwise, it would probably be awful that you're just up there and nothing ever changes. And you sit and listen to the same angel play the same heart melody over and over and over. And they're all singing and dancing. But the the people are a lot more interesting because they're chaotic and you don't know what they're going to do. So yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm curious, like now that we're talking about this and you mentioned the show Vikings earlier, how far did you get in that show?
0: I think I got four or five seasons in, but I don't remember the last two i saw very well and clearly i don't remember season two very well either so well, no it's, I, I it's, watched it's all, all once, good each episode once and i don't remember them. Yeah.
1: yeah and the reason i'm bringing this up is because like that's like i i feel like ragnar lothbrok when he was like on the show was like it's prime and yeah. i loved ragnar's um sort of like weird relationship with king egbert of wessex who's a christian ragnar's like a he's a norse pagan but yeah they had some very cool conversations throughout the series and there's like one where egbert captures ragnar because yeah. he needs to do it he's the king of wessex and wessex has been terrorized by these vikings he captures ragnar who he's develops like a close bond with yeah. and while he's in while ragnar's in chains they have this like scene where they uh get drunk and they just talk about things and ragnar like brings up the idea and you find out here that ragnar is actually an atheist and he's been like contemplating his mortality and his religion for a while and like ragnar asked him like what would you do if like there was no god and like egber was like well you're crazy even if there was no god we would need to have god and like even if he doesn't exist he would need to exist because there would be nothing that matters and ragnar's response was well if there's no god we have to just kind of deal with it and everything matters. Yeah. And so like I've yeah. always like thought about this scene. Like it's on YouTube. It's like a very good scene and like the fandom like loves it and I'll send it to you but like there's that scene that just kind of like has always stuck with me and this like idea of like yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's something that we should like um it's, yeah
0: good. It's a thing that uh, uh Rocco German at the uh, Waldgarden says quite often in his podcast that no one's coming. Right? Your life is the way it is. Nobody's coming. Daddy's not coming to save you. Now, what are you going to do? And that's very meaningful, right? That you can't pray and get the world to be saved and everything better, but you can do something. And whatever you do, that's very powerful. So, yeah, just, yeah, interesting. Uh, just that the uh, when, we, when we get to season eight and we run out of material, we'll go through the whole <laughs> show of Vikings. But that uh, um, who is the the priest or the the monk that Ragnar takes back with him? Athelstan i really love their interactions and it's like, it's like tell me more about your christ god i want to learn more and i like to hope that was an authentic viking thing where they'd be like you're really into this one god and, and we have 10 gods and they're better but why are you so convinced of your one and yeah that's
1: yeah i think it was huh? like I, it was funny that the naming of athelstan because athelstan alfred the great's grandson becomes like the first king of england but um i i found that like I liked the character of Athelstan and I liked his story arc, but there was like some things I was like, okay, well, I see what they're doing here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sometimes I like cheesy, but anyways, Sean, we should probably wrap up. Let's see. And the next, next week, next part three, <laughs> we're talking about at least the way I call it is a uh, Odin, the wise old man. But uh, how, how do you summarize?
1: I call three? it Odin and death. And it's funny. Cause like I've been, we've been talking about death and like, maybe this is like Sean's, edgy podcast where sean always talks about death which i've done in multiple episodes um because of my own personal like experiences and like things that i've um or my own spiritual journey i should say but like my my thoughts of season or like the third episode of the series is odin and his like kind of brush with mortality i guess yeah. i don't
0: know and that it all you know, that i uh, i'm never going to dissuade you from talking about death more because that's the whole stoic philosophy of <laughs> memento mori to meditate on your death it somehow helps you appreciate life, right? So we're getting there a lot of different directions and I'll, I'll, I'll describe a little bit of that, I think, next yeah, week. Yeah,
1: I am going to send you this. Too, like, there's like two videos from Vikings that I would love to know your thoughts on.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Sounds like a good. I'll
1: time. put them on the show link, so.
0: topic for next time. Sounds good. Cool. All right, Sean, have a good night. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Between Two Ravens. If you've been enjoying our show, please write a five-star review on iTunes to help spread our podcast to a wider audience. See the show notes below for links to follow us on social media. Our podcast is part of the Waldgarden Podcast Network. The Waldgarden Philosophical Society is committed to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever it might be found. Visit thewaldgarden.com to learn more.